0: Amen. Thank you, Eddie. And uh, I echo all that Eddie talked about this morning in praying for our brothers and sisters around the world who uh, are losing their lives today for no other reason except they are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that is a very real thing that is happening in the world around you. Take some time to thank God today that you live in a place where you can still come together and gather and worship freely. Uh, that day may soon pass even here. Uh, I don't think that's an overreaction to what we see happening around the world. I think it, it truly could happen here. Turn to Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, beginning, we're going to read verse 15. We live in a world today where many people have lost their appreciation for and their respect for the Bible. Um, even many Christians are confused. Uh, many Christians are frustrated because of the lack of correct biblical teaching. I heard about an old farmer who lost his voice. He was unable to call the hogs at feeding time, and so he started to think, how can I get these hogs to come to the trough at feeding time when I can't yell at them? So he developed a system where he would go out and he would take a stick and he would beat on a tree. And they began to associate the beating of that stick on the tree with feeding time, and all the hogs would come to the trough. And that began to work pretty well until one day he went outside and, uh, to feed those hogs and find them running back and forth. And they were grunting and oinking, and uh, boy, they were lathered in sweat. They were laboring to get from one tree to another. In fact, there were several pigs that just collapsed all out in the yard, and he couldn't figure out what it was going on. He started listening, and all of a sudden he realized a flock of woodpeckers had come into the barnyard and they were pecking on trees and them hogs were running from one tree to the next where those woodpeckers were banging. And listen, I think that's exactly what happens in the American church today. That is a perfect picture of what happens in America. People are running from one church to another. They're running from one preacher to another and they're looking for food that just isn't there because that church because that preacher has no respect for the authority of Scripture. Whenever I begin to read the Scripture, I ask you to stand, and let's do that, let's stand, and I talk about the the inspiration of Scripture, this is God's inspired, infallible, inerrant, and I've started adding the word sufficient word, To the scripture Uh, that used not to be necessary we were we we were a people of the book we believed that the scripture was sufficient Uh, not anymore not in the American church so let's look at what Paul says in 2nd Timothy uh, verse 15 chapter 2 here's what he says be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. On the surface, you may think that deals uh, with preachers. And bless God it does. I wish preachers would pay attention to that, but it deals with every one of us. He's talking to every believer when he says, Be diligent. To present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's pray together. Father, as we begin to do just that this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide me in that process so that uh, we would rightly divide the word of truth. And I pray for preachers who stand in pulpits all over the world today that they would do the same. I pray for Sunday school teachers. I pray that as they study the scripture, uh, they would take that very very seriously that uh, people who read the Bible would take it seriously because the Bible is our sole authority for faith and practice help us to understand that today and then be obedient to doing just exactly what the scripture calls us to do in Jesus name amen I read a survey this week that said 80 percent of the people in the United States claim to be Christians 80% 80% of the people in the United States claim to be Christians. If that's true, then I believe we've done a very poor job of, as the church. We've done a very poor job of discipling them into mature Christians. George Barna, in his own research, has concluded that many people who regularly attend church are not truly Christian at all in the biblical sense. Barner bases that assertion on the fact that many people who claim to be Christians, many people who attend church on a regular basis, are ignorant of the basic doctrines of the faith. They don't know what we believe. They don't know why we believe what we believe despite the fact that they regularly attend a worship service and that's that's what regular attendance at church nowadays is all about if you come to to a worship service for about 1 hour and 15 minutes a week and then some people complain that's too long and and we do that once a week and expect to be able to know what the bible teaches and what it means and yet the majority of people in Most churches are basically ignorant of the basic tenets of our faith and they are at best only moderately committed to building community, to building a fellowship of believers who are devoted to Jesus Christ, who have passion, who have urgency, and who go into the world with reckless abandon to win the world of Jesus. Listen to these figures. This is for church members these are not non-Christians. These are church members. 25% of church members admit they never pray. 23% of church members say, I don't read my Bible on a regular basis. 60% of church members say they never give one dime to missions of church members never assume any leadership responsibility in the church. 85% of church members never invite one person to come with them to church. But here's the one that bothers me the most. 95% of church members have never won one single person to faith in Jesus Christ those statistics indicate to me that we're not doing a very good job. And in order for us to do a better job of winning people to Christ, and that's not just my job, that's your job. It's all of us. In order for us to do a better job of winning people and then discipling them in the faith, I think we have to return to the command of this text. And so I want to share with you this morning a couple of principles that I think will be very helpful to you as you seek to correctly handle, and that just means teach, to correctly teach the word of God. Whether you're teaching it to your children, your grandchildren, whether you're teaching it in a Sunday school class or a Bible study group that meets somewhere, or whether you're standing in a pulpit and you're preaching the gospel. We live in a day where the volume of religious teaching is only exceeded by the variety. 24 hours a day you can watch it on television they're they're dishing it out faster than you can even watch it all bookstores internet uh you name it somebody's doing it there never has been a moment in history when teaching has been so readily available as it is today and so for that reason it becomes very confusing to people what am i supposed to believe what am i supposed to listen to Take, for example, there was a wonderful book written several years ago now uh, by Dr. David Platt called Radical. How many of you ever read the book Radical? Uh, Some of you did. Uh, If you haven't, you ought to. Go go find it and read it. David Platt wrote this book Radical, and in that book he says we ought to live radically for the Lord. And that means that as Americans, you and I ought to give up some of the comforts and the conveniences that we enjoy in this country and give to missions. We ought to go on mission trips. I've been so excited in our summer to go at our groups who've been going uh, all different places uh, around the world. And uh, we've got a group leaving Wednesday Of this week as a matter of fact going to Denver and so pray for them we've got groups preparing to go to Dubai uh, in October and then later on uh, first of next year and there's still room for you if you'd like to go but David Platt says as Americans we ought to give up some of the conveniences that we have some of the things that we enjoy and go on a mission trip now while you're reading that book I encourage you to turn on the television, maybe to TBN or somewhere like that, and here's what you'll find. You'll find preachers on TBN who are telling you that it is our divine right to be healthy and wealthy. So on the one hand, I've got one guy saying, well, to give up the conveniences of this life so that we can go out and spread the gospel to other places, and then I've got some charlatan on television telling me that it's my God-given right to be healthy and wealthy. One preacher tells me that in light of the world's problems, we ought to deny ourselves so that we can help starving children around the world. And the other one says, get all you can, can all you get, and then sit on the lid. No wonder people are confused. So the question is how do you know what the Bible teaches? How do you discern between truth and error? How do you recognize who is a true teacher of the word of God? I think Paul gives us a clue right there in our text today when he says that if we are diligent, it's an important word, and we're to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God, when we are diligent in our study of God's word then we will correctly handle the Bible. That phrase, uh, handling the word of truth, correctly teaching, it means to cut along a straight line. The Bible says what it says, means what it says. Uh, I'm so tired of hearing people say this to me. Preacher, I know what the Bible says, but I think. I don't give a flip what you think. I really don't. The Bible says what it says. It means what it says. And so it's not open for you to say, I know this is what it teaches, but I think we can do this. I know this is what the Bible says I'm supposed to do, but I'd rather live this way. The Bible is old. The Bible is outdated. Uh, You need to catch up with the times. No, the Bible cuts along a straight path, and we're traveling on a path, that leads us to heaven and I'll be the very first to tell you that good accurate Bible study is not easy that's why I believe Paul says we're to be diligent in our study you can't be lazy If you're a Sunday school teacher and you're picking up your book on Sunday night uh, on, on Saturday night and you start reading the lesson for Sunday morning you're lazy You're lazy and you don't need to teach Sunday school. If a preacher, and listen, I've heard about this. If if, if you're a preacher on Saturday night, you're scouring the internet trying to find a sermon somebody else wrote so you can preach it on Sunday morning because you were too lazy during the week to write your own stuff and study the Word of God, you ought not to be standing in the pulpit. Go out and get yourself a real job but stop trying to lead God's people when you have not been in God's Word. We're dealing with the very Word of God. The Bible is the product of divine revelation. The Bible is the product of divine inspiration. The Bible reveals to us spiritual truths that you and I would never know otherwise apart from the fact that God reveals it to us through the Holy Spirit. Let me give you three words to help you understand what I'm talking about. First word is manifestation. Manifestation. In other words, this book is the historical record of the acts and works of God. When you read this, what you're reading is a historical account of the Jews. What you're reading is a historical account of the early church. And so what you have here is a manifestation of historical facts about God. God has revealed himself to us by his activity. The Bible is the record of the times when God has acted in the affairs of this world, and how he has revealed something about his character to us. The second word I want you to think about is inspiration. The Bible is inspired. Paul will talk about that later on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it is breathed, it is God-breathed. This is, the the Word of God is the very breath of God. This is not just some men getting together and saying, let's write what we think God would have us to say. Let's just write what we think about God. No, this is the Holy Spirit of God who uh, inspired these writers to write exactly what God intended for us to have. This is the inspired word of God. But then there's a third word, and that word is illumination. The Bible is the manifestation of the acts of God. The Bible is inspired by God, it is the breathed word of God. But then there is illumination. And in order for the Bible to mean something to you and to me, we've got to have some way of understanding what it says. And do you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in you when you get saved. And the Holy Spirit begins to... Do you remember what it was like if you ever tried to read the Bible before you got saved? I have people say, well, I just can't understand it. It's too hard. I just don't understand the Bible. Listen, that's because you're trying to read somebody else's mail. This is a love letter from God to you. And if you don't know God, you're not going to know this. But when you know God, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart, you begin to read this. Listen, the Bible, when it was translated, I don't have time to go into all, the, all the, the ways in which we know that the Bible that you have in your hand today is an accurate translation of what was originally said, but it is. You'll just have to take my word for it. If you want more information, I'll give it to you. But listen, when you begin to read the Bible as a believer, now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart and you begin to understand what you're reading the bible is basically written on a fifth grade reading level so anybody ought to be able to read it now I understand I heard this week that some of our uh, universities uh, are beginning to teach reading in the university not literature reading you know why Because we've got college students who are making it out of 12 years of public education who don't know how to read. And so when they get to college, we have to teach them how to read. Well, the Bible is written so that anybody with a fifth grade reading level ought to be able to read it and understand it. That's the illumination of that. That is the Holy Spirit giving you that that knowledge that you need. Let me say this. I believe that most of the confusion, most of the confusion concerning the various types of teaching that's out there would be completely eliminated if we would simply follow one basic rule of interpretation. And that basic rule of interpretation is: is what he, that teacher, that preacher, is what they are teaching, is it in the book? Am I listening to his or her opinion about what they think it says or is it actually in the book you follow that basic rule of interpretation and you will be able to eliminate a lot of bad teaching that's out there so let me give you just a couple of things here are some some rules that you ought to follow when you study the bible so you can correctly handle the word of truth If you're a teacher, you ought to write this down, by the way. Number one, we must view the Bible as our sole guide and authority in matters of faith and practice. The Bible is our... Listen, you have Sunday school quarterlies. uh, You you may use uh, literature that we provide for you, but that is not your text for your... Listen, I don't care what the quarterly says. I want to know what the Bible says, all right? So the the literature that we provide for you is helpful in helping you to understand the scripture, but your teacher ought to teach out of the Bible. The Bible is our textbook. The Bible is my textbook, and it is the sole guide and authority in matters of faith and practice. Back in the 1970s, there was a little song that we used to sing, and one of the lines in that song was, it's in the book. It's in the book. Whenever you hear a preacher, whenever you hear a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, anybody else who claims that they are speaking for God, say something, the first question you ought to ask yourself is, is it in the book? Every doctrine of the church has got to be held to that standard. Is it in the book? We accept the Bible as the authoritative word of God to man. It is the full and final, that's important, it's the full and final revelation of God. There is no authoritative revelation apart from or outside of the word of God. Did you get that? There is no authoritative revelation apart from or outside of the Bible. Everything Everything that a church teaches, everything that a preacher preaches, everything that a Sunday school teacher teaches must square with what is written in this book. The la- Listen, the last word on any doctrinal issue is not experience. It's not how you feel about it. It's what does God say about it. Some of y'all look at me like I got two heads right this minute, but pay attention. This is important. We're living in a world today that pays no attention to the Scripture. We we, we live in a world today where people just don't give a flying flip about what the Bible teaches. And that's sad. I've spent 40 years of my life trying to get people to fall in love with Jesus and the Word of God. And just to be honest with you, there are a lot of days I feel like I have been a complete and total failure. When I tell you to write something down, I'm not saying that because I just like to hear my own self-talk. I'm saying that because I think you ought to write it down. You only remember, you remember less than half of what you hear some of y'all remember less than that some of y'all won't be able to tell me what this sermon was about when I get to the end of it you remember less than half of what you hear but do you know that when you write something down that number increases to about 60 to 75 percent so when I say write it down it's not because I think what I have to say is important It's because I believe that what I'm teaching is so vital for your life. The Bible is our sole authority. Everybody knows that. But the fact is, I don't think everybody does know it. If they do, they certainly don't act like it. If they do, they seem to be ignoring it. One popular author, self-proclaimed prophetess, recently said this, I am glad to know, she said, that the Holy Spirit has not confined His revelation to the truths contained in just the Old or New Testament. Did that bother you? It ought to have. She said, I am glad to know that the Holy Spirit has not confined His revelation to the truths that are contained only in the Old or New Testament. So you know what she believes? She believes that the Holy Spirit today is giving new revelation. There's new revelation. Things she she claims she's hearing stuff and seeing stuff that uh, is brand new. It's never been written down before. It was not in the Bible and when you start teaching like that you open the door for every kind of heresy in the world anybody can stand up and claim they're speaking for the lord but i want you to understand something we don't have that kind of inspiration going on today what we have today is not inspiration what we have is illumination the word's already been inspired now what we need to do is begin to understand what it teaches The Bible is the only objective part of our faith. The rest is subjected and and it is easily misinterpreted. Look at the number of people who in the world today rely on experience to determine whether something is spiritual or not. I don't know about you, but I I can't always accurately interpret my experiences. I had a pain in my chest. About two weeks ago, I thought for sure I was having a heart attack. My experience. I had a pain. I took some Tums, found out it was that Mexican food I had to eat for supper earlier that night. So I couldn't go on my experience. My experience would have took me to the ER. I was having a heart attack. No, you just hmm, you ate a little bit too much refried beans. That's what your experience was. There's a listen. There is a tremendous difference between feeling sure and being sure. There's a big difference between feeling sure and being sure. You may feel like it's three o'clock in the afternoon right this minute, but it's not. You may feel like it's Saturday, but it's not. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that every every experience is false heresy. What I am saying is experience cannot authenticate itself. I've heard people say something like, well, God did it for the early church, he'll do it for us. There's only one problem with that. And the problem is I don't base my doctrine on the experiences of the early church. I base my doctrine on the teaching of the early church. Do you see the difference between those two things? I don't base my doctrine on somebody's experience. I base it on the teaching of the apostles. Here's my point the Holy Spirit has confirmed and inspired the inerrant revelation of the Old and New Testament. And so the work of the Holy Spirit today is not communicating new truth, it is to illuminate that which has already been revealed. So let the Bible speak for itself. 1 Peter or 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20. First of all, he says, first of all, you should know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from one's own interpretation. Because no prophecy ever came from the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The task of one who correctly handles the Word of God is to let the Bible speak for itself. And just, listen, just admit up front there are some things in the Bible we're never going to understand until we get to heaven. You do not have the answer for every question. First part of my ministry, I felt like if somebody asked me a Bible question, I, I felt like I had to know the answer. And if I didn't know the answer, I must be a terrible, uh, a terrible Christian. No, there are just a lot of things in the Bible we don't understand right now my problem with the Bible is not the things I don't understand my problem is doing the stuff I do understand it is the task of the teacher or the preacher to determine what the author intended in the passage and then as best as we can translate that into a 21st century application a text can never mean anything other than what it meant. In other words, there's one interpretation of scripture, only one, it means what it means. So if you get into a Bible study, or if you're in a class and the teacher says, read that passage and tell me what it means to you. Politely, close your Bible, get up and leave. Don't ever, it doesn't matter what it means to you. I understand what people are asking, I think. I hope I understand what they're asking. It means what it means. There's one interpretation. There are many applications. So the job of the teacher, the job of the preacher is to tell you what the text means, what it meant when it was written, what it means today. It doesn't change over time. So what it meant then that teacher can say, based on what this means, how does this apply to your life? How can you take the teaching of the Scripture, now that you understand what it means, now, what is that, how does that apply to your life? How can you use that to better serve Jesus? Doesn't matter what it means to you. Doesn't matter how it makes you feel. It matters what God meant when he wrote it. And it, mean, it what matters is how obedient to it are you today. The Bible is the sole guide, the sole authority of faith and practice. Here's the second thing. The main theme of the Bible is salvation. The main theme of the Bible is salvation. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Paul says to Timothy, and you know that from childhood you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then you move on into uh, verse 16 where Paul says all scripture is inspired by God. And then he says scripture is profitable for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the, the purpose of the scripture is twofold it is to show you how to be saved and then it is to edify you as you walk through this life trying to serve Jesus it's to show you how to be saved but once you're saved what's the purpose of the scripture is to edify you so you can be a disciple of Christ so, verse 16, here's how I remember this. Verse 16, 316 All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Here's what that is the Bible tells you what's right, that's doctrine. The Bible tells you what's not right, that's reproof. The Bible tells you how to get right, that's correction. And then it tells you how to stay right instruction in righteousness tells you what's right what's not right how to get right and how to live right that's what the bible's purpose is there are no bible scholars by the way all of us are just children coming to god's word diligently trying to discover what the holy spirit would say to us today A true teacher of the Word of God is somebody who is able to take that passage of Scripture and make it intelligible and and, and make it understandable. Uh, Paul tells Timothy, don't argue about minuscule words. Instead, focus on the purpose of the Scripture. Stay faithful to explain the Scripture. Remind the people of the principles of the Scripture. Amplify the application of the Scripture. So a good teacher, a good preacher, is somebody who's able to take the Bible and give an explanation of something that is complex in a way that you can understand it and then apply it to your life. So what we've learned this morning is this, in order to be an approved, unashamed worker for the Lord, you recognize that the Bible is our sole authority for matters of faith and practice. You recognize that the major theme of the Bible is salvation. One more thing, you depend on the Holy Spirit to communicate the message of the gospel to the world. Now it's up to the Holy Spirit. The Bible is alive And it speaks to us today because its words are spirit. John 6, 63, Jesus said its words are spirit and its words are life. But not everybody understands the Bible. Paul says it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to understand it. So get this down, we'll be done. The Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. Holy Spirit never contradicts Himself. And since the Holy Spirit is equal to and equal with the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit is also considered the author of the Scripture. Author of the Scripture. The Holy Spirit will never contradict the Bible. So you need to beware of any quote unquote new interpretation that's claimed as revelation from God if it doesn't square up with what the Bible already teaches that's not the Holy Spirit teaching that so when you prepare to study God's word you ask you start from the beginning you ask the Holy Spirit to teach you Sunday school teacher as soon as you finish the lesson this morning you ought to start next week's. you ought to start studying it today For next Sunday and the way you start that is the very first thing you do is you open the Bible and you say dear Lord speak to me through your word help me understand this passage of Scripture that I'm going to have to teach in uh, next week so that I can explain it because the 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 Holy Spirit always operates within the parameters of the Word of God and when that happens the Holy Spirit will bring people to Jesus It's not my job to save anybody. I've never saved a single soul. I can't. I don't have that ability. That's a work of the Holy Spirit of God. But when you teach correctly the Word of God, the Spirit of God will move in the hearts of lost people. They will be saved. The Holy Spirit will move in the hearts of saved people, and they will recommit their lives to Jesus Christ to go into the world so that people can be saved. And all of that requires diligence. So I pray today that this has been more of a doctrinal sermon. Not one of them stem-winding, hellfire, damnation kind of things. It's just been one of those things that I hope has inspired you to want to get into the Word of God you know what? I've been studying this. I've been a Christian. As a matter of fact, I've been a Christian this this month, August, for 50 years. I'm celebrating my 50th year as a believer in Jesus Christ. I've been preaching for 38 years, almost 39. And you know what? Every time I open the book, I feel like I learned something new. I have never gotten to the place where I can say, well, I think I know everything there is to know about the Bible. I think I know everything there is to know about teaching. I can just, oh, I can just wing it this morning. Uh, I don't need to prepare this week. I'll just uh, lay off and not do anything. I'll just, uh, I'll just open it up and whatever it opens up to. I've preached that so many times. Uh, I'll be able to just get right through it. No, it's still, it's still every time I open it, the Holy Spirit still speaks to my heart. He he shows me something he's never shown me before. He he helps me to learn something that I didn't already know. And that's what I pray happens in your life, that the Bible becomes such an alive book to you that you don't think of it as just a history book or get saved and then we move on and do whatever we want to do or we just have some fun and fellowship. I believe it takes diligence on the part of believers. And when we begin to do that, When we begin to do that, we'll begin to see revival break out in the churches, and we'll begin to see lost people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. You have given us this word so that we might carry it with us physically. We carry it in a printed form. We can carry it on our phones and an app. We can have any number of translations to help us understand it better. But where you really want us to carry it is in our heart. You want us to carry it in our life so that we live according to the word, that we teach according to the word, and that we are spending our time, whatever it is we do, in whatever avenue of vocation you have us in, we spend our time serving Jesus by telling people about the word of God and the salvation that comes through faith in Christ.